2: To speak up, I'm wearing a towel. Oh, Smash.
1: Shh, get started. Welcome to Pass the Remote, I'm James Chalmers, and with me as always is my wonderful co-host Nick Owen. Hello. A very sick Nick Owen, but he still made the journey. I'm still fighting. And uh, a, she's kind of here but kind of isn't, Tina Harritonidis. Hello. Tina's going to kind of be popping in and out because she's a... Uh, doing other stuff at the moment. She had a, a big day. So yeah, that's the excuse. She's yeah. currently eating chocolate, which is more important than recording a show.
0: Don't make that sound like I'm ungrateful. <laughs> like a very busy, long, over 12-hour day.
1: You did. You were um, doing at the show past the report.
0: Yeah, where all my students have to attend parent-teacher interviews in all this. pass. Do
2: the, do the kids have to be there?
0: Um, it's encouraged. There is encouraged for them to be there. It's easy to talk to them when they're there. Because then sometimes Cause you there. And, cause then you just talk to the kid. Yeah. And you can always put it on the kid. So going like, <sighs> oh no, my chocolate. Um, so you go to the kid. So how do you think you're going in this class? And then just Good. asking that question, <laughs> answering that question takes up quite a bit of your six minutes. Yeah. Mm. So it makes it go faster.
2: I would have thought it would be harder to talk. Trash about a kid While he's sitting right
1: there It's what's pretty the, sweet What's the kid gonna do? Mm. Shut up miss
0: Yeah Cause they just sit there Looking all guilty and shit Yeah
1: Yeah but it's just It's more like If Most of the,
0: Sorry to interrupt That's all right. But I should like um, Clarify Most of the time You don't talk yeah. shit about them You just say Listen this is what you're doing Yeah Um You know How do you think You could improve You don't go Oh my god You're so lazy And yeah. you're so you're hopeless Piece of shit Sort of thing Your like son Is yeah. a shit <laughs> <laughs> So, but you were gonna say
2: something. Oh uh, no, I was just gonna say like I feel like it would be easier to to be harsher. I mean, we'll talk about their flaws to an intermediary, like the parent, who then mm. goes at home and says, "Oh, your teacher said that you know you need to do this and you need to do that," rather mm. than actually saying to the kid, like you know. Yeah. Sometimes
0: it just depends. Sometimes, like um, if the kids there, um, you know, if the kids there, it's like. Um, yeah you're embarrassed to say like what they're really like in front of the class because you know it also looks badly upon you as a teacher because that means that they're getting away with this kind of stuff in class yeah um but no i always like the parent to be i always like the student to be there because then if i ever get stuck i just turn to the student and say what do you think or how do you feel sort of thing like that yeah And i feel like it gets rid of those awkward silences where the parent's just like do I go now? Yeah. And I'm like, yes, you go now. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's our new segment, past the report. Yeah. A, Pass the feedback. A biannual I do just segment. want to put this
0: out there because obviously, um, I am a teacher and I should be positive. Um, you know, I'm finding parent-teacher interviews at this school that I'm currently at which shall remain nameless. hmm Um, very good and beneficial.
1: Cool. That's mm. good. Let's look at some movies, guys.
0: <laughs> I feel like we need to start this podcast again
2: Oh,
1: it's going well no, you have got a, a rare insight into the life of a teacher You're adding some personal flair to it Where they're like, oh, she doesn't just watch movies And I would argue guys, she doesn't really watch movies at all And
0: we'll see potential people who are going to hire me Are like, wow, she's a terrible teacher
1: I mean, if people are looking for candidates for teachers On a podcast about movies mm-hmm. Then their school must be awful It must mm-hmm. be like the school from 1984 Which you guys haven't seen, but it's cool Class, sorry, I said 1984, but I meant Class of 1984. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's that? Uh, it's like a exploitation film about the school. That's, the students are so crazy that the teachers have to bring guns to school and such oh, a protect wow. themselves. That's crazy. It's okay.
2: Reminds me of Rob Lowe in some t- high school drama show from like the early 2000s. It was like... And not remember, like a show about, like a senator high school who had a rather, bro- and he brought his gun in and shot it in class one day. Oh my god! I don't man. know that, but I appreciate you, it. You, you guys, fill some dead air while I find out this useless bit of. Trivia.
1: Well, let me hit you with some news. we have to start the show with some news. Uh, I haven't been paying. I've had a really busy week, so I haven't been able to pick up every single article that's come out. But here are two big things that I think is kind of cool. Uh, we talk about the Flash and and supergirl a lot on this show. Um, Next year, they're debu- debuting another show. Um, well, they're deb- debuting a couple of new shows. One of them's Black Lightning, which we've talked about before. Uh, but they've just announced there's a Teen Titans TV show coming out. Teen Titans, for those who don't know, is essentially all the sidekicks. So, Robin, Kid Flash, Speedy, uh, Aqualad, Wonder Girl. Um, Aqualad? They, yeah. That's Aquaman's so sidekick. Ah. Yeah. Cool. Um, Raven's in it. Uh, Starfire, I want to say. Um... Yeah, they're getting a show, a live-action show. It's going to be on the web, though, not on TV. Um, and it's produced by the same people doing The Flash and Arrow, so hopefully that means we're going to get a crossover, and if Robin exists, then at some point we're going to get Batman. So That's very cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The other big news that came out in the last week is that uh, obviously the Flash movie has had its ups and downs over the last few months. It looks like they're very close to getting a director for that film, and that director is Robert Zemeckis. Uh, This is very cool because Robert Zemeckis directed Back to the Future, another film that contains a time-travelling... Oh, very cool. So, um, he's had some stinkers lately, like he did Polar Express and did The Walk and a few other ones. Was The Walk... did that bomb? um, I think it did okay. I think it was just more kind of like, why does this film exist? Yeah. Um, Do we
2: want to see a French...
1: (laughs) God
2: and levitt The it was a resounding no.
1: But regardless, the dude's a great filmmaker and I think if anyone's going to you know, treat the Flash in a fun, uh, kind of exciting way, I think it might be him. So that's cool. Um, did you find out what that show was with Rob Lowe? Nah, it's obviously been deleted from history because it was so bad.
2: <laughs> Maybe it wasn't Rob Lowe. Well, who else could it have been? I don't know. There's a, millions of actors out there. I can picture like everyone in it. But I don't know any of their names. So,
1: no, there
2: you go. that's alright. If anyone... Nah, it's, nah, don't worry
1: about it. Well, let's get into reviews. I, actually, you know what? I watched two movies last week. That's all. I'm actually I'm like really behind. I only watched two movies. Um, and they were probably not even worth talking about. Go on. Uh, I watched this one movie called Welcome to... Oh, you know what? I did watch a few. I'm sorry. The last time I saw you, uh, there's been a few that I watched. Um, I watched Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Um, which is this uh, oh, I've forgotten his name now how have I forgotten his name it's infectious yeah I know it's the guy I'll tell you cause he, a you old. know the, he's the villain in Iron Man 2 not Mickey Rourke the other one um, I can't believe I've forgotten his name you're going to find it any seconds No, I know who you're talking about
0: the blonde one is like you want your bird I get your bird he's not
1: blonde but that is the guy yeah uh, Rockwell Sam Rockwell damn it I got there uh, San Rock was there. So that was, really, that was pretty interesting. Uh, I also watched... It's quite uh, old as well. Yeah, I also watched The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. Ah, what did you think? Great flick, really enjoyed it. Um, I watched this Kristen Wiig movie called Welcome to Me, which is kind of quirky and weird, but fun as well. Um, and then I watched this movie Stoker, which was a waste of time.
2: I've got that, so not worth watching?
1: No, I only watched it because I never thought it looked very good. Because I'm not a huge Nicole Kidman fan, I'm not a huge Mia Wazikowska fan. So, I was like, I don't know, this seems to be lining up for the things I don't like. But the director was uh director one of my favorite films of last year, The Handmaiden. And he also did Old Boy and he did Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, all these great Korean films. And I think maybe they're like, oh, he directed it but he didn't write the script because it's just not very good. Like, yeah. very predictable. Like, in the first five minutes, I picked the ending and yeah. Yeah, okay. Just kind of, um, just kind of a bit of a bore. So,
2: The Wrestler was the pick of the bunch? Of all, all those say? ones, yeah, yeah. absolutely. What did but, you like about it? I'm curious to know, to know. Um,
1: I really enjoyed just the performance of it, like I, like his performance in particular. Um, and I guess like, I've never been a huge wrestling fan. I was never, so I wasn't like this better be as good as Hulk Hogan or yeah. like the equivalent, The Rock. Like I just never been a wrestling guy, but I actually felt it brought some legitimacy to the sport, like or yeah. the sport. Um, and it was kind of interesting seeing some of the behind the scenes stuff and seeing like how they get kind of like. What it's like being a wrestler like thirty years down the track and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, although apparently a lot of wrestlers came out and were like, "This is dramatization." Like most of us are actually pretty happy. Like, yeah, you know.
2: yeah. Um, um, I think I got caught up in the the false dawn of the Mickey Rourke comeback. You know what I mean? Because I saw it ages, yeah, yeah, ages after it came out, and I was just like, "Oh, is this?" He's like, he's back in, back on top, and I was just like, "Yeah, it's okay, but." Um, yeah,
1: I, it's, yeah, I don't think it's like. So it was nominated for Best Picture, I think. Yeah. And I, think, I don't yeah. think it's a Best Picture contender. Like, I was like, I thought it was kind of a pretty simple film, like, pretty basic storyline. But I dug his performance, like, him and Marissa Tomei like, are great in it. So. Yeah.
2: yeah, she rocks it. She's really good.
1: Yeah, and looks great. Like, she gets, like, naked multiple times yeah. in that film. I think she was, like, 45 when she was in that film. And I was like, she's better looking than half the teens that get their clothes off yeah. in
2: films these days. So, which films are those?
1: Like the American pies and stuff, yeah. like your raunchy teen comedies, I yeah, guess. Yeah,
2: classic raunchy teen comedy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, that was really enjoyable. Like, well, not in, well, not enjoyable because it's not a happy movie. But like, uh, yeah. it was. I enjoyed seeing good cinema, I guess, as the, and good performances yeah. in particular.
2: You know what? I think if you like that, you'll really like Moonlight.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching Moonlight. And in
2: no way is the story similar, but you, I think saying, the like, filmmaking, yeah. yeah, the filmmaker, the, the style, I think, is quite similar.
1: Cool. I'm looking forward to watching Moonlight now that's out in DVD. I can, yeah, crank it into my machine. It's a weird sentence. I yeah, don't know why I said but that. Anyway, well,
2: um, but you know how like it's you'd almost you could almost call it like lo-fi cinema. You know mm. the same way that like the Strokes early CDs they sound a little bit like not as crisp as like a pop hit. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I think of. Moonlight and The Wrestler. Okay. Compared to like, you know... I like Moonlight that Panther. description. So, yeah. Thank You've you. coined it. <laughs> yeah, lo-fi cinema. Sick.
1: Copyright, Nicole. Patent pending. <laughs> um, now, there is another movie we watched. Tina and I spent 45 minutes discussing it last yeah, week. Yeah, it was Weedy. a great
2: analysis episode.
1: A lot of people responded well to that. A lot of people really dug it, so... The concerning thing for me is... The best feedback is coming from the episode I clearly wasn't present for. Uh, I think it was more the lot of people just liked our opinions on it. Like yeah. they kind of like we, they thought we kind of handled the because when we do reviews, like I'm unfortunately like our episodes are so long. Like we, do, like we tend to do like two hour episodes, and we want to try and get as much content in as possible. Like we want to review new movies and we want to do discussions as well because we don't want it to be like because we're not a review show, like not solely a review show. And I think when we've seen a couple of movies and maybe I've seen something different, you've seen something different, Tina's seen something different. Um, you don't get to go into the depth that you would like yeah. to normally. Um, <coughs> because last week, we were only going to sit down for 20 minutes. And we just, like, kicked back. on Like, we just recorded on the couch. And it was, like, it was super comfortable. And we're just, yeah. like... Um, and we got, like, 45 minutes worth of discussion at it, which doesn't really happen. I think it's kind of a rarity, and it probably won't happen again for a while. Um, maybe, like, with, like, a, a Wonder Woman or Justice League or yeah. something. But um, it was kind of cool. So I think people were more reacting to, like... Oh, it was nice to hear you guys like really discuss like we like really kind of flesh it out and must yeah. be like it was good, I like this and you know kind of move on. Yeah. Um I think your presence was missed. We definitely missed your yeah. presence last week. So, yeah. Well, like a crushing
2: blow from Molnir. Molnir <laughs> I'm going to rip it art. Uh, no, actually <laughs> I'm not actually because I th- I was thinking about a way to simplify how I feel about it. And <laughs> I would say it's a good film, but it's just not the film I wanted.
1: It's funny because you did message me you are like I've got some, like, retorts or whatever. I was like, oh, there's going to be a fight this week on, yeah. on the podcast. Nah, because
2: I... Like, to me, if you just change them around, I think that order... Like, as in, the, if this, uh, Volume 2, was the first film, mm. it would have made a lot more sense to me because... Uh, maybe it's because we discuss it a lot, but to me, I I look at the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe as, like, getting to this point... Yep. ...where everything's tying together. Yeah. So, I uh, I think, and the first one started that, you know, like, because you had um, Thanos was, like, introduced actually on screen, and yeah. the themes were a lot, you know, like, uh, there was an Infinity Stone, and this one, I really expected a lot more, and with the five post-credit scenes that I heard about, we've, yeah. you know, we talked about it in, in the last episode, actually, I was like, oh, here we go, we're going to get, like, one from Thanos, one from maybe the Avengers, you know, mm. somehow tying in.
1: Yeah, I think the five pressure sequences was kind of an oversell, like because I was expecting something as well, and there was only one thing that really kind of, well, there are a couple like little things, like it was, there were things teasing Infinity War and like Beyond, but not in a big way. By the way, spoilers. If you didn't listen to the last episode because you hadn't seen Guardians and you still haven't seen Guardians, too bad. We're talking about Guardians. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, like the Adam Warlock thing is a big part. See, I needed your
2: and discussion to even know who. When she said, I'm calling it Adam or whatever, yeah. I was just like, sweet. Yeah. It's a cool name.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, teen group, I think, that may be a scene from, like, right before Infinity War, because I think that's probably going to be about six years later. Yeah. Because that's when it's meant to happen, I think. Like, I think Infinity War is six years after this movie. Um, but I think also, like, the Marvel Universe at the same time are doing this thing where they're like, we are building towards our conclusion, our big um, finale. Because, actually, I don't know if you saw the inter- the interviews and news stuff this week like after phase three there might not be a phase four they might be just doing something different altogether like um they were kind of like you know we might not be doing the same thing but we're kind of like constantly like reframing and seeing what we want to do um but i think in as much as they're building to that finale at the same time they're like look we need to make sure that our films also can stand on their own and have their own story which is why like in that spider-man trailer he's like i gotta do it myself yeah i'm not allowed to have the suit like all that sort of stuff because i think they're kind of like We don't want to, like, as much as we can do crossovers as much as we want now, we still need to make sure that the hero of the story owns their story. I think something they've been accused of in the past is doing a lot of, kind of, like, style of substance in some of the films, where it's just been, like, too many cameos or too much focus on. Like, Avengers Age of Ultron, I really enjoy, but that storyline, especially the beginning of Ultron, is super rushed, because they're, like, you know, like bring them back and then show you this and then we need to get the villain ready and then like once he gets going his story is really cool but it's just kind of like we're going to rush his intro and stuff so i think maybe james gunn was kind of like look i want to do a guardian story and like Yeah. yeah thanos is in the universe and they do mention him quite a bit but he doesn't need that presence on screen i guess as far as the director's concerned
2: yeah and there's a special place in hell for the person who wrote that party scene where they're all just like they're like these avengers who don't really know each other that well and they're like superheroes and then they're Kicking back, having a beer, and laughing. And oh, that. in Age of Ultron? Yeah. I like that party scene. Uh, to me, that's down there with uh, the scene in X Men First Class where they're all showing each other their powers.
1: Oh, you don't like that one either? Uh, see, they're like, I, I like the party scene in Age of Ultron because we never got to see them be friends. Like in the first Avengers film, like they're thrown together and they're always arguing and stuff. So it was n- nice to see them kind of bond as people, yeah. not just as people in costumes and stuff. <laughs> And I think that's something that Joss Whedon did really well. And I think James Gunn does really well as well, which is like they're building these relationships so they can earn their finales. So they can earn like if something happens that's sad, you like you feel it because they've built it or whatever. Or something that happens is really good to a character. Like oh, I mean, for example, like when Hulk abandons Scar- uh, uh, Black Widow at the end of Age of Ultron. Like, like oh god, but they were gonna have be together. Like what happened? Like why did he run away and stuff? Like. So I think those scenes are important, and if they're done well, then it kind of it helps pay off the ending later, I guess.
2: Fair point. So my you're next, like, I still hate it. <laughs> my next point in Guardians was I felt that the conflict between Rocket and Peter Quill was a little bit contrived. I just it sort of seemed to come out of nowhere, and it just felt like a plot <laughs> device to me. It didn't seem that natural. Yeah, I'm it, trying. It's been a little. While, it's been like almost two weeks since I saw the so movie. Now so I'm thinking about ma- the main scene was like. They had a bit of an argument, and then when they're flying through that. Oh, the asteroid field, field, yeah. And they both keep taking over, and then that just seemed to me like a lighthearted disagreement because they kept taking over
1: the. I the think ship. it probably would have been if it wasn't for Gamora's interference and the fact that they had Nebula on board.
2: Yeah, but then when they landed, and Peter Quill was like, said something
1: about, like, that's how
2: people hate you or something
1: like mm. that, you know, I was like, geez, this is. Well, I think the other thing is, like, unlike the other films, which have, like, kind of like in Age of Ultron like it's been a couple of years since they were the Avengers so like one could assume maybe that I guess they've seen each other in between the movies and you know they kind of built relationships but this is like six months after the first one like it's meant to be like they've basically been the Guardians for less than a year so even though we start to see like them pick up things like Drax is kind of a little bit more aware um, of sarcasm and is better with jokes Um, and Groot tends to like playing music at battle scenes yeah um, I still think there are those kind of rough edges, but they're not kind of like a team yet. Yeah. Um, I think. that's That would be my way of justifying it. But I, I do see where you're coming from as well. Yeah,
0: I think that's where it sort of feels like it's the stereotypical, what I was saying before about how it felt stereotypical, yeah. sort of thing like that. So, you know, it's obviously stereotypical, that they're going to have a fight. And yeah. then they're going to, you know you know, get away from each other and then they're going to have a big thing at the end where they get together again. Yeah. I mean, like, it's the same with Civil War. It's the same with, like... I suppose that's just a very... That's just a very well-used hmm. story. I would yes.
1: disagree with Civil War a little bit. I think Civil War... They've been built into that disagreement for quite a while. Yeah. Um, most prevalently in Age of Ultron, in the wood chopping scene, like, you could start to see the difference in ideologies between the two characters. Mm-hmm. But also, like, unlike this, at the end of Civil War, like, people aren't friends. Like, the Avengers are done. Like, Captain America has retired. Like Yeah. Um, and, like, in a bizarre turn of events, which I think a lot of audience members didn't even realise at the time, the villain won. Like, the Avengers didn't win in that movie, like... Yeah, because
0: his goal was to break up the Avengers and that's and the, exactly what happened. And they
1: broke up, like, you know. The only thing that happened is that he got arrested, but honestly, like, he's the first villain in any of the films to actually succeed in his plan, so... But, yeah. um, but yeah, like, the best kind of plot device for hero teams is to kind of split them up and, like, get them against each other. That's the way to kind of crumble them, so... Yeah. It is definitely a much-used plot device.
2: Um, and... Finally, this is the last. It probably sounds like I didn't enjoy it, but I do have some good things to say as well. But I just thought, compared to the first one, seemed to it was just a general like lack of depth. Things seem to happen more because it would be a cool story idea than mm. uh, organically like that's what should happen. So like yeah. the fact that like it just seemed that the you will have to remind me of what they're called, but you know the gold. Race. Oh, the sovereign. Sovereign. Yeah. What are they? Are they human?
1: no they're like as far as I know they're just like a race but like you know how like, all the aliens in the first one were kind of like humans yeah. just they're in body they Yeah, they're yeah yeah
2: so you know like just them coming after them because they stole batteries it
1: was just like, I think they yeah. might have I think they're going to have a bigger role to play in the third film I think this is more about introducing yeah. them kind of like uh, fair enough but yeah, yeah. so but, uh, but but I, I do agree <laughs> like because I was sitting there I'm like I thought this was going to be the villain like I'm not once am I worried about them like Their whole attack is they're playing a video game, like, so, and it wasn't until the end, like, and then the twist of who the villain is, uh, we said spoilers, so Ego being the villain, which I loved, like, Tina saw it coming, and I I guess I should have as well. That was a good
2: pick, because I did not see that coming.
1: Yeah, I guess I should have, because in the comics, he is a villain, and also his name is Ego, so, like, it's all there, like, it's all laid down there for you, but I love that twist, I'm like, oh, this is cool, like, they earned it, the same way, like... Um, that's why I think I said he's the best villain since Loki, because Loki is, again, like one, you know, you kind of saw a little bit of in Thor, and you kind of saw his deception a little bit, but Loki in Avengers is a whole yeah. different beast. By the time he gets to Thor The Dark World, which people, like, it's really underrated, like, people, like, don't like that movie, but Loki steals the show in that yeah. that movie, like, um, and I think Ego is another one, like, and it, I means Kurt Russell, so it makes it a whole lot easier to yeah. enjoy when it's him, yeah. but... Um, um, I think what
2: it was, was... The way like obviously having seen the, the trailer, the main trailer, and right at the end of the trailer he comes down and he's like, mm. Peter, I'm your dad or whatever. Yeah. I thought that would be a nice subplot or yeah. it would happen right at the end like right at the end of the film mm. that would happen and that would be the last scene. Yeah. And so when it happened early and then he went with him, I was like, Yeah, that's cool. I like where this is going. But then it got to about like halfway, maybe a bit after halfway, I'm like oh, this is the film now. Yeah. It's not like a little side plot. This is what the film is about. And so it just threw me a little bit as well.
1: I think the tough thing is, like because I don't think it was the film that I expected either. Like I was ready to see the Guardians get together and fight evil again. Yeah. And instead, it's the Guardians split up. Like yeah. They're not united for most of the film. Um, and that's where I had a problem with the pacing and stuff. Because I was like, I was a little bit too much rocket in yonder here, like cut that down a little yeah. bit, like let's say a little bit more. A little less people rising up on pillars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that bugged me. I was just like, this is a long this is taking a while, guys. <laughs> like, um But yeah, um so I do I think all of your like kind of little yeah. quips or whatever are kind of uh valid. But um I just didn't have I guess his main problems so I was like, yeah, like it's yeah, too but, and do you think well I wondered, you agree with me, like where I was kind of like it feels less of a sequel, more of like this is an extension of one.
2: Yeah, I do think that, yeah.
1: And I think once we see three, maybe it'll be like, Oh yeah, this is clearly this is the second act. Like it's actually one long story. Yeah. That's kinda of what I feel because the whole villain fight in the first one didn't feel like a proper fight either. So I wonder whether it's kind of like the first battle was kind of luck and the second battle was less was more about like kind of self discovery, and yeah. then like you actually find out Me watching all three, it's one long flowing story, I think, maybe. So Yeah.
2: Um, uh, but yeah, no, it probably sounds like, yeah, as I said, that I didn't like it, but I loved the, like, extra Yondu in it. Yeah. I'm one I, of my favourite characters from the first one, and arguably he was the equal top billing.
1: Yeah, he, um, he was really good in it. Um, I remember we were saying last week, I liked how in the first film, I just kept teasing with that arrow, and like, finally, in the last yeah. scene, like, you get to see him as in this time, they like throw it out the window we're using it every scene Yeah, with him, yeah. He's just slicing people up in the the ship and stuff. That scene when they're
2: uh, escaping. Yeah. And with Groot as well, when he keeps yeah. bringing the thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Comedy gold.
1: Yeah, little Groot was great. I um, I mean, meant to see it again. I was trying to see it again like last... It just hasn't worked out. But maybe this Saturday I'll go see it again. Um, um, yeah,
2: but I, I thought there was a danger they were going to overuse Groot. Mm. But I reckon they... Absolutely they nailed right. it.
0: Yeah. yeah, I
1: think that. Yeah, because I, I think that was a concern. See, I from...
0: think Yondu was overused. Oh, there was too much Yondu for me. Um, like, maybe because I didn't really care about it. Yeah.
1: See, I, th-
2: I thought it was a bit contrived. Mm. The, the fatherly relationship. Yeah. Mm. And it was almost like, they thought of that, in this film, To mm. so yeah. retrospectively
1: put that in. Mm. Yeah, I do think because we watched number one right before we watched number two, and I definitely noticed like an increase in Yondu because in the first one he's there. But you're kind of more like, eh, this is this jerk? Because always like breaking Peter's balls and stuff. Yeah. But then every reference they make to, you, like, they're always like, you're always saving Peter. I'm like, oh, like, actually, every point they make about the yeah. relationship is true in that first film. Like, yeah. just, you get, there's less of it because it's about assembling that team. Like, so Yondu wasn't part of the team at that point, so it's all about kind of getting that team together. Yeah. yeah. So, so
0: is Yondu actually a guardian?
1: He was in the original. So I remember how, like, last week we were talking about the original lineup. Like, yeah. that's what uh, Sylvester Stallone's character is. Yeah. Yeah, so, Yondu so that's was...
0: why he's so predominant in it.
1: Um, I think that's why they brought him back and they brought him in the first one. Cause like, oh, this is yeah. like an original member.
0: Because being someone who hasn't watched, sorry, hasn't read any of the Guardians comics or knows any of the history of the Guardians, mm. um, I, if I didn't know, which is exactly what happened, mm. if I didn't know that Yondu is supposed to become like a Guardian of the mm. Galaxy with the team.
1: Well I think what they actually were inferring is that he wasn't oh, no, he die
0: does he die? Yeah he dies, yeah. So he does. That's right. Um Um it's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> um then I just would have thought I'm like there's a lot of this guy. There is mm. a lot of this guy in this movie and not enough of the others in this movie.
1: Well I would I would also say that like he was he wasn't used as much in the first one obviously but there was a huge response to him in the first one. Like maybe you didn't love him in the first one. Um, yeah, it's the, same, it's it's the same like, way that you don't like Bucky but a lot of people love Bucky as well I like,
0: like Yondu a lot more than I yeah, like Bucky yeah. that's I for like,
1: sure yeah, same but, um, it's not
0: that I don't like Yondu I was just like oh they're having a lot of this guy in it
1: yeah and I think also like we were talking about the last week where like James Gunn was clearly trying to earn his ending where it's like I know what's going to happen to him so we need to yeah, really like that's true that's and true. you know he gets to give like you don't really get to see him be a parent to Peter ever like in both those films it's more like through stories and references but you do get to see him be a parent to rock it mm, and yeah. it's and like cause the more you think about it, like it's not just because they do have that conversation we like we're the same kind of we're the same you know we're angry and we're misunderstood and we're outsiders we're different but it is a real teaching moment like that a father would have with a son so you do get to see him kind of be like ah oh, he really isn't a bad guy and then obviously when you find out he saved Peter's life as well like yeah
2: um yeah uh, I I uh just plot wise, this is not a criticism of the film, but it was just. I was really upset that he that they killed off. Because I thought he was going to be.
1: There to help fight Thanos. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they had to do certain things. Like, if I feel like that arrow might not be able to kill Thanos, but probably, probably do some damage to him. So I don't think you want, yeah. you want to do it with the most powerful weapon, apparently, in yeah. the franchise. The same reason why, once Peter got his powers, I was like, he's going to have to leave. There's no way he stays here because he's going to go fight Thanos in the next movie, and he's going to be like a Celestial and celestial can kill Thanos. Yeah. So that's the only thing that I picked where I was like, he's not going to be able to keep the powers. Um, I wonder whether they'll reference that in Avengers where it'll be like, oh, I shouldn't have killed my dad yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um,
2: but um, I yeah, so I also, I mean, I can't really be critical of a movie that has like the Guardians. All all those characters are great and together they're yeah. like, even better. But I I guess the trailer was a bit misleading because I thought that when it you know the trailer was just like this person and this person mm. and I, so I thought like Mantis seemed to join the lineup but I was like what's um the, the sister's name Nebula know? Nebula I thought she was going to come into the fold but she sort of stayed separate for the whole thing except as well. for
1: the end like, she's there and then she goes off to hunt Thanos like at the end of the film as well. Uh, apparently, I read an interview with Karen Gillan um, after we recorded the show, of course, last week that apparently in the original draft Nebula was going to die. Oh um, okay. Which I'm really glad they didn't, because I, as much as I would have liked to see Yondu, I really like the character of Nebula. I think you know she's really, she's really cool, and she might be the most badass woman in the Marvel universe yeah. at this point. She's like, definitely one of
2: the most complex. And yeah, got a lot of backstory in this, which made a lot more sense. You know, mm,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm glad they kept her around. Um, did you have like good points you want to talk about as well, or? Uh, I think I mentioned a few. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed
2: it, but as I said, it was just yeah. I would have preferred. It to be more of a tie-in film than a standalone just at this point. Yeah. But I'm sure that in 10 years when the whole thing is complete I could go back and love this film. Mm. So that's probably what I'd say. It's but... um, it's
1: interesting We came when we came out of the film at the end I was like I'm really bummed out that the next movie is Spider-Man because as much as I'm looking forward to Spider-Man I really enjoyed that return trip to the cosmos and I yeah. wanted to like, deal with more of that again which it sounds like is going to be happening a lot more after Avengers is done because... James Gunn is coming in as like an executive producer and to like take care of that whole side of the Marvel universe. Yeah. So we might see a lot more space movies. We might even see a Sylvester Stallone Guardians film because they said that he's going to play a big role later on. So oh, that's pretty cool. Provided he lives that long, he's seventy already. But yeah, he looked good in this. Though, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Oh, by the way, a friend of mine told me because he listened to our show, mm. the reason why Sylvester Stallone talks about that is he suffers from facial paralysis.
0: So I feel awful now. <laughs> Why? I feel like a terrible yeah, human being.
1: Did he get that from taking his horse tranquilizers or whatever? I don't know. I, I think it was a, I think it's like a birth defect or something. Oh, so.
0: Okay. Now but, I really feel awful.
1: That's <laughs> right. Like, remember when I told you that I yelled at my, uh, I got really angry at one of the people that I work with and then it turns out like they had a, a medical illness that caused them to forget. Mm. Oh. Yeah, so. No, no, I won't, I don't want to get too heavy on the show, yeah, but. Okay let's just say we all make mistakes yeah
2: um yeah and i thought that the sequences on ego dragged a bit too much as well yeah
1: that was a problem that i had as well i think there was just some words like it was visually sound was like because it is like it's almost two and a half hours long and i think when you've got a running time like that you do have to fill it with content yeah. it can't just be all visuals um but at the same time like yeah totally enjoyable did you dig um all the new characters Loved Mantis. Yeah, I, really, I thought the dynamic between her and Drax, and Drax. was
2: awesome. Actually,
1: yeah, I would like to see more of her, and hopefully, she'll get a little bit more to do the next time she comes around. I guess it's kind of tough because she kind of is a pacifist, like based on her powers and stuff. Yeah, um, um,
2: and I hope that uh, Yondu's sort of second in charge. Ah, uh, Craglin. Yeah, yeah, I hope he has a. He's an in Infinity play. War. Like well, oh, he is. Cool. He is cast. I know? mean, I don't know what he could do, mm. as in, because he's clearly not set up to be a. Well, game
1: changer, well maybe know, like yeah. I mean, it's been six years. Maybe he's learned to whistle since then. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I liked him as well, and I think yeah, again, like, I agree. I think all the performances by the origi- uh the original cast were great, and I yeah I think Chris Pratt has really like proved himself as like like a really like wonderful actor. So I like him in everything, but there's some really good emotional stuff in this film for him to play with. Like the last film was less the Peter Quill show, more the kind of everyone show. Yeah. like Whereas this, it was a lot more personal for him in particular. So, and like, again, like that scene when, you know, he's fighting Ego at the end. He's like, you know, you shouldn't have killed my mum and stuff. Like, so heart-wrenching. And so, like, just played wonderfully. A little reminiscent of when uh, Tony Stark was like, shouldn't have killed my mum in Civil War. But um, the best thing, like, the best plot device for heroes is to have family tragedy, I guess. Yeah. Um, Um, And they played it differently as well. So, that's fine.
2: And did you guys think that Zoe Saldana
1: was a little underused in this? Um, she didn't seem to be in it that much. Maybe a little bit less. I kind of. I guess so. I, oh, I feel okay. like she maybe played a little bit of a backseat. Because she was definitely cool in the opening sequence. But like, I feel like she was more about us in the first one. Whereas in this, she was kind of more like. I don't Why trust um, people. Why? I, don't,
0: I don't like how being the only female in that group. Um, I feel like there's been a real change in her role from the first one to the second one. Mm. I feel like in the first one she was absolutely badass and I feel like in the second one she's playing mum. Yeah. And that really pisses me off because it's like just because she's female, she then gets assumed onto that role, sort of thing like that. Oh. And it just I mean, she's still being badass, yes, but she, you know, she's the one who's caring after Groot and she's the one who's like telling the boys off for, like, getting their dicks out when they're going through that asteroid field. Do you um, know what I mean? Like, I it's I mean, that part of
1: the field. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But um, like, do you know what I mean? Like, and I feel like that's just playing into... I mean, I could start a whole whole other ballpark with this sort of thing. Uh, I, I think I disagree
1: a little bit, because I think they're all playing parent to Groot. Like, for the Groot thing, they all, like...
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh,
1: and in terms of... I think, we, I think what they were trying to do is show that she has... She was a heartless killer in the first one and now she has some into love. Like she's never had that before. Yeah, and but I, it
0: doesn't necessarily have to be done in a way where it's like maternal.
1: Well, I didn't read it so. that way. Like when they were in the asteroid field, I think she's more like, You're both idiots, we're all gonna die. Mm-hmm. I think that was more of her ruthlessness coming out again where she's mm-hmm. like I don't care if you guys die, but yeah, I don't want to die. Yeah, right. that's I don't want to die. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's
0: true. It, be, like, it depends on the lens that you put on it, I suppose. Yeah,
1: because I can see, like, and I, I also trust James Gunn as a writer director to be very aware of that, because I don't think he does weak female characters. I think he, mm. t- like, I think he's very conscious of the, of the characters he's doing. So mm. I think Gamora is was one of the first real, aside from Black Widow, one of the first real like strong female characters in this universe. Like, let alone. All comic book movies, like it took us how many years to get Wonder Woman? Like, so I think you know, he was being very conscious to make sure that she does represent, you know, what we yeah. want in a female hero and stuff. But I can see how it could be seen as maternal as well. But I think it was more her just being like, Hey, you guys, if you guys want to die, do it in your own time. Like, I want to live, we've got to get through this and stuff. Mm. I think she she seemed to get stuck.
2: There was two plot lines of the film where she was the like the sort of recipient of, so it was. Yeah, like, it was obviously uh, the conflict with her sister. Yep. which was more about Nebula. Mm. I got that name right. I yeah, yeah. yeah, and then she was also like in the romantic relationship with the lead. Yeah, all that sort of like you know tension, that unspoken thing. Mm.
1: And then she was also constantly suspicious of Mantis and trying to like stop Drax from talking yeah. to her and stuff. So yeah, she so definitely didn't have... Didn't leave enough time for her to be a badass
2: like she's in the first... Because introduction in the first one, she's like chasing down Peter Quill, you know? Yeah, I mean? yeah.
1: So I, think, I think that's maybe why they gave her a whole like plane gun to carry at one point. Yeah, it's like, yeah. she's still cool, don't worry, guys. Like, which is still a pretty badass sequence. Because I thought they were like... I thought it was just a gun they had like in the drama. Like, yeah. Oh, that's a weird gun to have. Like And then I'm like, oh, it's part of a yeah, ship. it's part <laughs> of a ship. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's
2: probably... Like well, i say, like, I suppose if you've listened to this, it probably sounds like I didn't enjoy it, but, um, I just, it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, but still, mm. still a good film.
1: Well, let's do scores guys, because we didn't, um, we didn't rate it last week, we were like wait till the trio's back together, um, out of Atomic Batteries, is that what we're going to rate it out of? Sure. Is that what they were? Ones. Stolen ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nick, why don't you start? Uh, nice. I'm going to give
2: it a 7.3 a, stolen batteries. That's a, a nice, that's a strong
1: review. Yeah, Tina?
0: I'm going to give it an eight.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give it an eight as well. Mm. I don't remember what our, my score was for Guardians the first one when it came out. It might have been, it, it might be a nine, yeah, I think. A re- uh,
2: I would retrospectively give that, uh, yeah, around nine. Because the
1: Guardian the first one is in my top, like top three equal places. I don't have a number one film like we haven't gone through and ranked them all yet, so it might change. But like at the moment, equal one for me is. Iron Man, Avengers, and Guardians. I think all three of them are equally, yeah. you know, on that spot. And this isn't quite there, but it's still very, very enjoyable. And um, actually, we introduced a new question last week, which is like, is this a film you would go and re in cinemas, or do you think you just wait for DVD now? Uh, no, I want to see it again in the yeah, cool. And I actually, you know
2: what? I should also say that everything I've said has been... Like, I went and saw it and I was miserable. I was having this cold, I was mm. sniffling. I had a yeah. sore throat.
0: I'm sure it impacts your enjoyment. So, of you. no. I was,
2: yeah. Looks
1: I, like I had the woman, like, talking the whole way through the film, yeah. like, next to me. So, and I still managed to give it yeah. an eight, so I'm looking forward to that's it. That's
2: what, like, through all that, mm. I still enjoyed it. So, yeah. you know, it must be good, so.
1: Yeah. Cool. Well, that's gonna, that, that's the review portion done. Um, Any gonna, trailers I'm gonna come
0: we... back for the quiz.
1: I don't know there um, might not be no a quiz. quiz. Oh, okay. I'll make one up on the spot. Yep. Um there were who is the sickest person at the table? Um <laughs> Mentally sick or? In,
0: Yeah, or like fully sick. Oh yeah, like mad. Like, um, fully sick.
1: Yeah, I'm the coolest. You're the illest. Last <laughs> last <lassest> ill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um cool, Tina's gone away, she might come back, but maybe not. So if she doesn't she she you know, she'll see you guys, come on. Give
0: her a break. <laughs> um, um,
1: there were two trailers that I watched in the last week. Oh, you go one, then I'll go. Oh, I, I saw the one in there. We, we watched the same trailer. Okay, so, so
2: you go your first one.
1: Um, the first trailer that came out. Actually, came out before the last episode we did, but Tina hasn't seen it, so there was no kind of really point in talking about it. And I don't think you've seen it either. Yeah. Um, the new Marvel TV show Cloak and Dagger had a trailer come out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Looks good. That's about all I got. Like, <laughs> okay. It's about this. Um, like uh, the comic book is about like this uh, interracial couple. Who have different powers and they like work together to like fight crime and stuff. So oh, yeah. there's not much um, kind of revealed in the trailer and it's been a long time since I've watched it now. Was it more
2: of an announcement trailer?
1: Like a teaser, I okay, guess. Yeah. Like there's definitely footage in there. Um, and I think he can go invisible and she has a power as well. I kinda remember what it is. But um, I don't know whether it's going to be like a Netflix thing or whether it's online or...
2: Coming 2018, Freeform.
1: Okay, Freeform I think is an online thing. Okay. Um, but it looks good. Like, you know, I've liked all the Marvel TV shows so far. The only one I haven't watched properly is Agent Card and Agent Shield, but I will get there eventually.
2: Now, maybe you could quick diverge here, but like, what is The Tick?
1: Um, so The Tick was like a. I think there is a comic or there's a cartoon of it a long time ago, and there was a live action show once before with Patrick Warburton as The Tick. Yeah. I think it's Patrick Warburton. Uh, and they've done a, a new version, they've re it, and Peter Serafinowicz is playing him. But I don't know all that much about it, like, I've never really watched it. So. Yeah, okay, cool. But yeah, there was a trailer, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah,
2: so. no worries. Alright, so the other trailer we both watched was Kingsman. The, the Golden, Golden Circle. Circle. Looks good. Looks good. My only worry, right? Mm. I'm so negative today, but my only worry is, I thought Kick-Ass 2 looked awesome. I like Kick-Ass
1: 2. And I didn't think it was anywhere near as good as the first. And this is uh, what's his name? Vaughn. Yeah, Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn. Same director, but Kick-Ass Two wasn't directed by Matthew Vaughn. Okay, okay, well, that, that. Yeah, he just produced.
2: That does make me feel better about. Yeah. It. But um, it wasn't much of a trailer in terms of plot. We just no. got a lot of snippets of like who's in it, and uh, mm. obviously there's going to be that the American equivalent, mm. I guess. Yeah. Um, and the crazy
1: thing, the big reveal from the trailer, I guess, was that Harry is still alive. Well, is it Harry? Because I was like, maybe he has an evil brother. only because he's wearing a black eye patch and that's always a villain normally (laughs) I was thinking because he got shot in the eye yeah a lot of people said that as well like maybe he survived (laughs) it Uh, I haven't watched that first movie in a long time now like since it was in cinemas oh I actually it's funny
2: we're talking about this because I watched it like maybe a week and a half ago Mm. and uh, I've got to say it holds up amazingly well it is a great movie I'm looking
1: forward to watching it again Um, but um, yeah I'd heard like whispers of the sequel for a while and I, I think the last time we spoke There was a trailer apparently that had leaked and we hadn't seen it, but now it is finally out. Um, Looks good. Like, I like that director a lot. I like that cast a lot. Um, If they can create, you know, a film as good as the first one or almost as good as the first one, I'll be very happy. Like, if that first one was a surprise, I didn't even know what it was. Like, we just went to cinema one. I'm like, what is this Kingsman thing? That might be alright. So, Colin Firth. And, like, halfway through, I was like, this kind of feels like. The guy who did Kick-Ass made a James Bond film. And I was like, oh, it's the guy who made yeah. Kick-Ass. That's why it feels like this. Yeah. Like, um, Yeah, super fun. And hopefully this one will be as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all the trailer trash we have. I don't have a sound effect this week, but that's okay. You can't crumple a tissue. It's not going to make the same noise. Yeah. It sounds like a bird <laughs> just fluttering by hummingbird entered the conversation. Um, so we do have a topic this week. Um, I imagine we might actually blitzer it pretty quickly because it's just the two of us. Yeah,
2: awesome topic.
1: Um, so the topic is, not uh, in, in honour of the announcement that we might be seeing a Resident Evil Underworld crossover movie, there was uh, an announcement, I think a couple of weeks ago now, someone's been trying to get Alice from Resident Evil to fight Celine from Underworld for a couple of years now, they, they just announced this recently, they want to make this movie. So we were like, well, in a world where that's going to happen... What are the best, the top five showdowns we want to see? So, kind of a la Freddy vs. Jason, I guess, more than Batman vs. Superman. It doesn't have to necessarily be from the same kind of comic book universe or just like characters we want to see showdown. Yeah,
2: mine aren't at all. And mine aren't always like physical battles, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, neither are mine. Most of mine are, I think, but there are a few that aren't. So, um, do you want to do the honors and go first? Yeah, sure.
2: Uh, okay. I've got to decide which of mine is going to be my fifth. Okay, mine's a pretty obvious one. It's got, I'm, I've called, I've dubbed it the Battle of Green, <laughs> and it is Yoda versus the Hulk. Ah, okay, cool. Because you've got not that those are like long-term, like they're not obvious uh, enemies that you want to see a grudge match between. But I think that they've both got different. Obviously, you got the brute strength of the Hulk, and one punch will send that little green guy flying. <laughs> but you've got like Yoda. I'm thinking uh, episode two Yoda. Uh, back backflip Yoda, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my.
1: Is he armed with a lightsaber? I don't think he can be. Otherwise, well, I think we
2: just slice the Hulk. And well, get here's out.
1: my th- question Does a lightsaber even affect the Hulk? Because remember in that Hulk movie. Oh no, in the Avengers story, he talks about how he tried to shoot himself, he put a gun in his mouth and tried to blow his brains out, and then the Hulk just spat the bullet out. Yeah. Um, that being said, in the comics, Wolverine did cut his way through the Hulk's stomach with his claws, so, is a lightsaber as strong as Adamantium claws? Well, it's pure energy, so... Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think would win that? Um, I think it's a matter of speed. I think whoever gets in first has the shot, because... The Hulk doesn't need to hit him. The Hulk could just clap and it would send like a sonic boom of yeah. power and blow him away. That's true, yeah. But young Yoda is a lot more quick witted than old Yoda. He's a little bit faster on his feet and a little bit. He's already, already prepared, so he might be able to kind of predict what's coming and, you know, use, his, use the force to kind of deflect it or. Yeah. you know he,
2: he can do that absorb thing, you know? Where yeah, just,
1: we're just second the lightning and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a cool battle. I didn't even think of that. I don't have any Star Wars characters in mind. <laughs> Uh, my first battle is a—it's—I would definitely not call it a battle of wits, uh, but I chose uh, Kevin Malone from The Office uh, versus Jerry Gurgich from Parks and Rec. And you haven't watched? Parks no, and no Rec? I don't know do that one is. Well, Jerry's kind of like this clumsy character who's always stuffing up, like he's always dropping things or spilling food or lighting himself on fire. At one point, he gets so scared that he has a heart attack and he can't stop fighting while it's happening. <laughs> um, so I feel like these two slow-witted kind of gentle giants. I don't know how they're facing off, whether it's, you know, a decathlon of mundane tasks or, I I don't know, but I want to see them, you know, going head to head.
2: (laughs) I like that. Yeah, you'd set them up with like a, almost like an Office Olympics kind of task. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a really cool one. Also, and also ran for that, I should have thought of this, would have been uh, Kevin Malone versus... uh, Maybe the two guys from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I can't think of their names. Oh, uh, um,
1: Hitchcock and Sully? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think of them. But I, I wanted to get Jerry and there, I'm like, who from the office of Jerry face-off? Because I was trying to figure it out. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be Kevin. Kevin uh, is the one. Yeah,
2: I was toying with
1: putting Dwight versus someone. Mm. But I couldn't think of someone who was as maniacal as him. <laughs> so. Yeah, because I was trying to think of that as well. I'm like, I was originally going to pitch Dwight against someone from Parks and Rec. I'm like there's no one like yeah, Dwight. Yeah, there's and no I'm one like, like him. Man. Yeah. Too hard.
2: Uh, Alright, my second one features the same actor in two different roles. I would like to see Arnie from Commando mm-hmm. face Arnie from True Lies. Two very different Arnies. One is the ultimate like 80s soldier Arnie. Yeah. So less finesse. So obviously True Lies is a spy. Mm. The brute force... Uh, and the, just the sheer number of bullets that he's willing to expend yeah. versus like the spy who's got all the uh, the Harrier jet and also the technological
1: advances of the CIA. Yeah, he's also. And it's been a while since I watched True Lies. I feel like True Lies Arnie isn't as all together though. Like he's a little bit frantic. Is that a fair assessment? Like I feel like because yeah, he's, he's constantly distracted by like his wife and like the and kid. Tom Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. But there are parables.
2: He's very uh, susceptible to a child kidnapping. <laughs> like, his daughter goes missing quite often. A young Eliza Dishku? Yeah, but he can't feed deer with. Uh, <laughs> with what's the name from Child, I can't think of her name.
1: Uh, I can't remember. You no, know, it's not important. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's cool. Actually, there's a uh, there's a show on YouTube that you should watch. Or really. there's a podcast version as well called Movie Fights. And in one of them they're like which Arnie character would win in a tournament of Arnie's. Yeah. And they'll have to select like their different character and make them fight. And it's a pretty enjoyable debate, so you should check it out. Yeah, definitely. That'd be awesome. Um, my next one I uh, I wanted because I knew Tina was gonna be here tonight, I didn't think she'd be participating. So I wanted to represent magic um, in my yeah. in my duel. So my show next showdown is Dumbledore versus Gandalf.
2: Yeah, okay. I just crossed that off mine. Oh
1: you had that one yeah. as well? <laughs> yeah, I did. I I guess it's a little bit obvious, but I'm like they're easily, like, I was like, who are the two strongest wizards? So, like, I think it's too obvious to choose Harry, like, we shouldn't... Yeah. But I was like, Dumbledore would be cool, and who could fight Dumbledore? I'm like, oh, Gandalf, Yeah, like. it's gotta
2: be. They're two of the wisest old wizards.
1: Yeah, they're both, you know, one has a wand, one has a staff, they both have animals that are disposable. Yeah. Um, birds, in fact, an eagle versus a phoenix, like, you'd have multiple battles happening in one setting. Um, so, who do you think would win that? Because I spent a lot of time, too much time thinking about this
2: one, actually. Dumbledore, we've seen him cast more spells than get mm. Ganoff seems to be more wisdom based.
1: Yeah, he has a couple of things. Like he does use like a force field type thing when they fight the Balrog. Like he uses that yeah. to protect them. Um, and he does have like the power of the light, which he used against the orcs um, at Helm's Deep. Yeah, this is like the nerdiest topic we've <laughs> yeah. ever done. I think. Um, uh, I, I'm back hitting, um
2: Dumbledore.
1: I think. Do you know? How, do you know how it probably does, it probably ends? It's not exciting at all. I think both being forces for good, they both realise that their fight is futile and the battle lies elsewhere. Yeah. (laughs) and They will settle in for a
2: butterbeer and a pipe.
1: Because I feel like, yeah, I feel like Dumbledore, maybe even more, I think he's more gentle-hearted than Gandalf. Like, Gandalf, I think, has seen some really horrible things. Whereas, you know, Voldemort was horrible and Grindelwald, you know, broke Dumbledore's heart and stuff. But I think he has a lot more kind of faith in the world and humanity itself. Yeah. She's also you know, like a muggle sympathiser and all these sorts of things. Yeah. Whereas Gandalf is like, darkness must be punished. Like, yeah. So I think maybe just from sheer brutality, Gandalf might have the upper hand. He's more of a street fighter. Yeah, <laughs> He'll do anything to win. Kind he's of thing, the one like... with an edge. Yeah. <laughs> like he's the one playing dirt. He's the one who kicks up sand in his eyes. Yeah, that's right. He wears like a... Yeah. Like... He was like... Like
2: Dumbledore <laughs> will get him on the ground and he'll pretend to be knocked out. Yeah. And Dumbledore <laughs> comes to see if he's alright. He
1: gets him. Yeah, he gets him. Like he's the one who like kind of kicks you in the nuts and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's only going to fight dirty. Uh, yeah, I think if yeah, I, because it's, but that being said, Dumbledore is powerful. Like he is yeah. the m- most powerful wizard in that universe. I think. Um,
2: and just his mastery of the like the spells, he can shield and attack at the same time. Yeah. And if he st- things go badly, he can disappear. Yeah,
1: exactly. They never. Sh- yeah, I mean, Gandalf had to ride a horse across the world. Yeah, that's right. Like he didn't have that power. So. Yeah.
2: Although <laughs> Gandalf would naturally, like, with his allies in the uh, in the animal world, he could mm. like do a surprise attack and drop down from the sky. Mm. Kind
1: of thing, so. But he does. But Dumbledore has forks who could heal him at any point. Yeah. Just by a little bit of a cry. <laughs> yeah. And also, like does Dumbledore then come with Dumbledore's army? Because then you have like all these kids. Yeah, that's right. Um, (coughs) Yeah, I don't know who wins that one. I think if it's like, if it's brute force and there's no forgiveness allowed, I think Gandalf has the edge because he's, he's just like darkness must be destroyed. Whereas Dumbledore is more like, everyone deserves a second chance, and you know he was never like we should fight Voldemort head on. He's like we'll find the things that weaken him. Like he's kind of more the the plotted. Yeah. He like he like he's like we'll take like, we'll we, you can't just go and kill him you have to like there's steps to take and we you know yeah. we'll plot it slowly and say, hey, we're playing the long game here whereas Gandalf I think is just like destroy it like yeah so I think in that kind of match Ga- uh, Gandalf has the edge but I think it's anyone's game once you get those two yeah um, in the cage and you locked it like locked <laughs> it <in. laughs> well Dumbledore can escape and hello <laughs> <Homura>. <laughs>
2: Uh a little footnote to that mm. obviously you're a big fan of all the Rings as well. Is there a more heroic moment on film than when Gandalf rides out of Gondor, when uh, Faramir is uh, being chased back? They, you know how. Uh, is that in the third one? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. And they have got the catapults and stuff. Uh, no, it's
2: it's before that. So, the the I'm not sure of his name, but the steward of Gondor, the guy who's running it, he's a bit the crazy old. Oh, guy, his dad. Yeah. They Denethor. Lose. Yes. Yeah. That's a pretty good pull. Yeah, this is taking a real. It's been a long time since I watched it. I think it's, it's Denethor, yeah. yeah. This is getting dirty, but we'll, yeah. we'll keep going. Uh, and obviously, they lose uh, Minas Tirith. Mm. No, uh, that's sorry, that's the, the big city. Uh, I can't remember the town that's on the river, but it gets overrun. They lose yes. it. And uh, then they, they but resign. then
1: later, the ghosts come and they help reclaim it. Yeah,
2: yeah. So the, they retreat. So David Wenham, who plays Faramir, yeah. they, yeah. like, they retreat. And the guy's like ashamed of him for doing that, so he sends them out to attack. Mm-hmm. But they're attacking the fortress basically, so they all get shot up. Yeah. And then he uh uh no, sorry, yeah, and when they're retreating, they're being chased down by the flying Nazgul and stuff like that. And Gandalf rides out of Minas to and like Shilad is
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. That's a so good one of my other favourite moments in that in that movie is when Oh, what's her name? It's not uh, the red Otto? Yeah, where she stabs the Nazgul. Yeah, and yeah. then like know, his, man. And like his head
2: like all... Constantly. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty great. She does it with a broken arm as well.
1: Yeah. That's I awesome. I haven't watched that flick in so long. It's, it's
2: been... the best film of the three. And it, you got to watch the extended cut. Really? Is, like four I, and a half. I
1: time. have seen the extended cut because it has my favourite character, the mouth of Sauron. Like he's the most badass looking oh, character. Oh, yeah. All. there's not so have any eyes, he's got those gnarly teeth and that like, cool like helmet. But um, I actually like two the best. Yeah... I, I have a real problem with Aragorn's haircut. Like, in the final, like, it bugs me so much. I'm like... What, right at the end of it? Yeah. It when he's all, like, well-groomed and stuff. Like, when they're, like, going to the final battle, I'm like, why oh. did they change his hair and stuff? Like, it just looks weird. It's really, like... It's left an impact, obviously. Like, because yeah. I just can't enjoy that film as much. And, like, there's a lot of endings. Like, there's a lot going on. I, I think it needed it, though,
2: because the full weight of the journey that the two hobbits went on... Yeah. It needed, like... And You need that ending where they're prepared to give their life and they essentially do mm. just to get rid of the ring. And then, yeah,
1: the yeah. only problem with those films, I think, is that the CG just, just doesn't hold up. No, it doesn't, it's sort of the victim. Like of the, the cave troll, like, was amazing. I mean, that being said, it doesn't look as bad as the troll in Harry Potter and Force of the Stone. <laughs> yeah. Like, that looks awful now, yeah. Um, and like the elephants, like, look really bad, but still a great flick,
2: yeah. All right, well, no. we better move on with our list. Uh, that,
1: that actually had a really good discussion. That one. Look at like <laughs> yeah. break it down a little bit. Uh, it got really nerdy.
2: So your number three? My th- number three is. They're both characters from the same film. It's Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. It is short round versus that annoying prince.
1: The one is that when they're eating the snake or whatever, like in the.
2: Yeah, it's that young prince who like he's like this will never happen in my kingdom again. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And he punches him. <laughs> I want that fight to go on <laughs> to the death. Actually.
1: I love Short Rounds. Uh, we've been watching this show. Um, it did you just make me think of it? Because I, I think Short Rounds and Goonies as well. <laughs> is it really? I think so. Because it's another Spielberg film. Um, we've been watching this show, The Goldbergs. I it's it's this sitcom. You will, you'd probably see it at work. It looks like the worst show ever because the cover art is so bad. Yeah. But it's actually pretty funny. Like It's not up there like at an office or parks and rec level yet. But it's just, like, the nostalgia alone is really wonderful because it's, like, all about these kids growing up in the 80s and, like, every episode it's, like, about Star Wars or about getting a Nintendo or about, um, uh, like, Indiana Jones and, like, all the references and stories. Like, if you're a fan of 80s movies or 80s, like, kind of culture, like, you gotta love it Like there's a Karate Kid episode. But every now and then there's a joke that, like, is just so well-timed like, I'll just cry like, I yeah. think I've cried with <laughs> that three times since we started watching it. like we started watching it last sh- Monday like right before Windsor Gardens which was the first two episodes we're like we started the second season like we've already knocked out the first season like it feels kind of like Malcolm in the Middle if it was set in the 80s I guess like but um you just made me think of that because yeah like there's a lot of Harrison Ford like references and stuff yeah sorry sorry well I blow
2: my nose out of, out of earshot. hopefully <laughs> um yeah, I'll check it out because that does sound. I do like '80s reference stuff. Yeah,
1: but. like it's not hilarious. So the first episode is isn't the best pilot. Yeah, but in the second episode, there was a joke in it that was so stupid, I literally like had to pause it because I was laughing so hard. Yeah. And it, like maybe other people don't won't appreciate that, but oh, it made me laugh so much. Yeah,
2: has it got who's who's in it? There. Um, so
1: the main woman, the mum, that's the concierge from the office. Remember, like when. Um, Michael goes to Canada and he like spends a night with a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the concierge. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, Jeff Garland, who you've seen a bunch of stuff. Like, he's got a pretty recognisable face. Yeah. Uh, Patton, i got to say, I've never found Patton Oswalt funny. Well, he's not in it, he's just the voice. He's just the narrator. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah you don't see him. What yeah. about, I oh, know you haven't watched Parks and Rec. He's in Parks and Rec oh, and he's okay. pretty great. Yeah. Uh, I do like Patton as well, as well, but yeah, he's just the, voice, the voiceover. Yeah. Um, the kids are all pretty unknown, but they're all pretty good. Uh, and then the grandpa, I think it's George Siegel He was in something. Um, people are like yelling at me right now through the to the device that are have been like he's in this. But that's I saw this picture. I've I've seen him in a few. Yeah, maybe pictures. it was like Spin City or something like that, or one of those sitcoms from um, the nineties. Just shoot me. Yes, I think it's just shoot me. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, all those old sitcoms blend to one for me. Yeah. Mike um, Fraser. Yeah. I love Fraser. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I saw <laughs> that the other day. I'm like, how did he get me? <laughs> yeah uh, for those listening who don't understand Nick once told me he'd never heard of Fraser like when I asked him about it.
2: It sounds like it was just a off the beat pra- uh, like practical joke. It was much more nuanced than that. Yeah, the, the, I got you to say the word Fraser and yeah. then I was and then I was just like, "No, what's that?" Yeah. And you're like, "Oh, you, no, you you show Fraser and i was
1: like, "I haven't <laughs> seen it." But I had seen it. <laughs> Which is funny cuz I hadn't really watched Fraser at that point in this. So I'm like, well, it's weird he it doesn't know what it is, but I get it. Yeah. And now I've watched a bunch of it. I'm like, this is this is the smartest show on television. Is it really? I have it. It's really funny, man. Like, the first, I think we've watched, uh, like, a season and a half of it, like, just kind of intermittently. Because it's one of those ones you don't need to kind of binge watch. You just kind of come yeah. into your le- own leisure. But um there's some, like, really great jokes. Because they're just, like, yuppies. Like, they're just, like, they're meant to be the most intelligent, like, well, like, put together people. And they're just not. Like, you can tell they're, like, just as... Obnoxious and ignorant as the rest of us and stuff. Yeah, um, okay. And Kelsey Grammer is just like spot on. Like his performance is great. Um, but yeah, Frazier. I didn't put him in a in a battle royale. Maybe <laughs> yeah. I should have. Um, my number three. My only superhero. I think actually. Um, uh, I want to see Batman f- fight Iron Man.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I want to see Ben Affleck Batman fight Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man. I think like they both got the wealth. They both got the tech. Yeah. At this point in their franchise, they both got the anger, um, where I think we'll see like a pretty interesting fight. Like yeah, that's a great matchup, actually. I was trying to think who I want to see fight Iron Man. Like I want to see him fight someone, um, and I also want to see Batman fight someone. I was like, I guess it should be each other. Like yeah. it's, I think it's kind of an obvious one. I think a lot of people want to see them like those two go up against because they are kind of the closest thing to each yeah. other in the respective universes. But yeah, they both got cool gadgets, and they both got. They're both playing to win, and they both got, like, everything to lose, so... Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool.
2: Um, and who do you... Have you got a winner, or...?
1: Um, if it's Batman versus Superman version of Batman, before he got his hope back, I think he wins hands down, because yeah. he's just got that blood loss. And that, that anger.
2: And I also think that he's, through that rage, he's going to find some way to take out the suit. Mm-hmm. And I think that takes out... Because Tony Stark's not a great fighter, really. No,
1: he's just all... But he does have backup plans. Like we saw he had the Hogbuster suit ready to go. So maybe he's like, in this ver- in this film that, uh, that we're making now, <laughs> yeah. like if he's aware of Batman, he must have prepared something to take down that armored suit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe at one point, like you literally have Iron Man flying over Gotham and the Batwing kind of descends yeah. into the sky yeah. and he's chasing him down in that. Um, yeah, I think that'd be pretty interesting. But I think, yeah, at one point, I think it's hard for them to fight Fist... like hand-to-hand because one of them's always in the suits unless you have him in kind of like less of a suit maybe like maybe like it's been torn apart a little bit yeah if, um, unless they're both in those armored suits like in then oh, yeah. yeah that
2: armored suit from Batman Superman yeah Jesus that's huge
1: um so yeah I want to see those two
2: that's a, that's a good one actually yeah
1: I think that'd be cool
2: okay so my my number two is actually, it's a little uh, weird, but it's a, it's a battle of the romantics to, oh, okay. to, win, so- to win someone's heart. Like... <laughs> it's Ted Mosby yeah. versus Jim from The Office. Ah! Two of the sort of the most hopeless romantics on TV in the last
1: decade, I think. I think I know who wins. So I, who, how, how do you see it going down?
2: Well, they both, in a way, get the girl. Yeah. but Are they both going for the same girl? uh, Theoretically, I don't know. Look, I haven't thought this way (laughs) out, but it was more just like they're they're both they both have a similar sense of humor, the sort of practical sense of humor. Uh, I think Jim wins, yeah. That's what I
1: was gonna say. I think Jim wins because they're both kind of like they're very similar, but he's kind of like a lovable lovable schlub who means well. Whereas Ted's kind of pathetic, yeah. Well, I think
2: Jim's more comfortable in his own skin, yeah. Whereas Ted, you can, he's, he's there's a bit of neurosis there as well, yeah. Um. Um, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I hadn't really picked a winner, but I think...
1: Yeah, gee, <laughs> <I'm playing. laughs> Battle of Romantics. I didn't see that coming. I guess I should have, because I was like, I'm going to do like not smart people fighting. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's cool. I, I do like that, though. I would like to see those two. But I don't want to see them playing different characters. I want to see Jim and Ted. Yeah. Like in a crossover event. Yeah. Um, which might be hard due to the networks, but that's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah.
2: And also no desire to see that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't know, but we get like a a new girl, like it's not Pam, like maybe it's Jim before he started Dunder Mifflin, like maybe they cross over, like maybe he's like on a, like a a college trip with like some of his college mates, whatever, and they hit the the big apple. Yeah, but in that case, oh, in fact,
2: that would, that would be an even better idea because you think, um, early Jim is just a bit of a daggy version of him. Yeah. Early Ted is that pretentious. Yeah. College Ted.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's the one. Oh, the one with the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's what I want to see. I think the show started around the same time as I think How Much a Mother Like Me started like two years later. So it's, they...
2: it's aged a lot worse than we actually uh,
1: start restarted uh, watching. First yeah. season so weird because they have musical interludes. Yeah. Like in, like in, like the when it goes into like the ad break or whatever. Yeah. Like I was like, what is this Seinfeld? Yeah. Like. <laughs>
2: yeah. um, so. The first season doesn't hold up. It's really hard because we we're watching it. Uh, Jamie, Christy Lee, and myself were watching mm-hmm. it. Those are the two people I live with, and obviously Jamie and I have been watch, uh, like watching it since since like the early years, so mm-hmm. we have loved it for a long time. But Christy Lee hasn't, and she didn't grow up with it the way mm-hmm. we did, and so we're like, yeah, it's one of the best sitcoms you'll we'll ever see. The first season it's a hard sell. The ending is powerful though. Like I love
1: that ending. Oh what, yeah, when
2: the the euphoria of him began, you know, finally game with, again with Robin, Robin,
1: and then he goes back to the, and the it's raining. Horse. And, like, Marshall's broken up with Lily, yeah. like, yeah. just
2: sitting on the steps, and he holds up that the ring that she's given back to him. Yeah. It's a great moment. And I think
1: season two is probably the best season. Yeah. Like, him trying to win back Lily. Yeah, there's that great scene where they will go to breakfast together. Yeah. And he's, like, she, like she's adjusting her shirt so you can see her boobs, and he's, like, he's, he's, he's got his calves. Off. He's got the zip-off like, pants. I went for a run this morning. Calves are a little bit tight. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah
2: that, earlier uh, that episode... She gets invited to brunch and she's like, oh, if that's okay with you, Marshall. He's like, yeah, well, would that be weird. It's like we're brother and sister. <laughs> she's like, okay, see you there,
1: bro. <laughs> yeah, and I also think like early Barney is really hard to deal with because like, he looks weird. Yeah. Like, he's got the weird peroxide hair. Like, it's not, yeah. his natural... And his
2: suits, he's like suited up, but they're not yeah. good suits. They're yeah. like year 10 formal suits. <laughs> so,
1: but that I, character gets a lot better. Like, s- I think the worst thing they did with that character though was try to make him have a romantic storyline and then when we finally bought it they ditched it like that was so irritating Um, so I think uh, you gotta get to about
2: episode 8 season 2 and it is peaking Mm. it's just so funny
1: yeah and even season 3 is pretty good as well I'm trying to think before they bring in the girl from Scrubs then like that storyline I feel kind of goes nowhere and then like
2: well you could say that from seasons 4 to 9 really
1: like um, I think four, like, I think four is okay. Five is where it really dips. Um, although you do have the hundredth episode with their single suit song, which is pretty good. Um. Oh, yeah. And then season six is with the art gallery chick who is already married to the captain, I think. And it's, it's um, the dad from the OC. He's, oh no, it's not. It's Carl McLaughlin. Yeah. Yeah. And he like, he's always smiling down here, but not up with his eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, like those are kind of weak. And I think when they kill off Marshall's dad that's the season where I'm like okay we're back on track like I don't remember that season, like where, where that takes place it's like, so it's like 7 or 8 cause I remember that happened and like it made me cry and I yeah. think like, cause it so pow- like it was so powerful it so well done and I think the last time the show made me cry was maybe when Marshall and Lily broke up because I was like oh my god look, it's- yeah. all- this whole season with these characters what's going on like um, I think yeah in the middle somewhere they got a little bit lost trying to play fast and loose with some of the storylines yeah uh, and they brought Victoria back. I'm like, I don't like... like she's not she's good. She's not a likable character. I don't no, know what she's it is. No, she's not good. And like they made her to be the big reveal. I'm like, that's the big reveal. I hate this so much. Yeah. Like, but then a lot of the girls he dates I don't like, so... Yeah. I do like the mum. And then they wrote her out of it. Like, yeah. I never saw the
2: alternate ending. Great, Did it's great. So yeah. what happened to that?
1: Because I remember like, um when, um, when the original ending aired was so angry I was like this doesn't make sense like I understand that like he loved Robin for a long time that's the ending if your show gets axed and you finish it, like three seasons yeah. that's a great ending like cool but not now not after nine seasons where they're not romantic anymore like they had that weird kind of storyline where they were sleeping together again but like they're not yeah they're, like it we've written it out like they cannot get together um, so in the alternate so I, was like, I was like you know what I'll watch the alternate ending but it doesn't change the fact like I hate this now this is the worst and the alternating made right It was so good, like because it has them meet at the train station like they do in the final episode, and then like this voiceover starts is like, and right there, like I remembered every moment I'd seen your mother before I'd met her, and it shows every single scene where they almost met, like him finding the umbrella, the yeah. ankle, like all these different things, um, and then I think it ends with like, and that kiss is how I met your mother, I'm, like they're kissing in the rain or whatever, I'm, like it's beautiful, like, it's really oh, well awesome. done, yeah. and I'm like. Should have been the ending. Yeah. Why wasn't this the ending? Like, that should have been the ending. Like... Yeah. Um, yeah. So, we got way sidetracked by talking about how much... Of it is a good show. Like, it's still got more good than bad. It just loses its way in the middle a little bit, and then the ending just... just Yeah. Unfortunately, goes out the window. I think it need
2: to be five seasons.
1: Yeah, like, five strong seasons. But, you know. Well,
2: okay. Yeah. Anyway, you're number two. Uh,
1: that's rude. Um, so this is my first one where I was like, I'm going to throw the rule book out a little bit. This is a three-way battle. Oh, shit. Uh, and kind of in the same light as you did the Arnie vs Arnie battle, uh, I've chosen Sean and Ed from Shaun of the Dead versus Nick- Nicholas and Danny from oh, Hot Fuzz yes. versus Gary and Andy from <laughs> uh, World's End. Oh, that's an awesome one. you got three different, like totally different pairs. Like You've got like, the complete, like, drunk fools that are Sean and and Edge who just don't know what's going on and just can't keep their lives together. And then you've got Nicholas Angel who's, like, the best officer on the force but doesn't know how to love and Andy who means... Not Andy. Um, I think I've already erased their names as well. Uh, No, Danny, who's, like, totally lovable but not very good with the weapon, not very smart. And then you've got Gary and Andy from uh, World's End who... Gary is essentially Sean... 20 years down the track yeah. like completely like, oh, kind of, if his life didn't go yeah um, and Andy is like this very serious kind of like accountant who yeah. you know um, so I don't know whether they're you know they meet each other like at a pub or something that seems to be where they all go to yeah. or like at an ice cream store and they get into a disagreement and then maybe they have to unite forces to fight a bigger threat
2: yeah that would be a cool movie I don't know how you'd film it but...
1: yeah if anyone could do it it's Simon Pegg and Nick Frost yeah. and Edgar Wright uh, well, I think Nicholas Angel clearly comes out on top. Yeah, although Danny is his weakness. Like, if someone's, like, trying to hurt yeah, Danny, like at this true. point, he he cares about him. Like, he will yeah. stop, you know. But he probably will do the thing where he drops the gun and then it fires. Yeah. Like, so he's got a couple of tricks up his sleeve.
2: Although I do think that he, I'm not sure what his name is, but his character from uh, The World's End mm. is manipulative enough to make it to the final round of that fight.
1: yeah. But then I also think that Sean, well, I mean, look, Sean is resourceful enough, he'll use anything to fight, like, he had the cricket bat, he had the records, and even Ed, who got bitten by a zombie, still survived afterwards, and like, was playing video games and stuff. So it's interesting, they've all got, like, their own kind of pros and cons, I think they're all pretty evenly matched, um, because they've all, yeah, like, Nicholas Angel is probably physically the strongest and, like, the the sharpest-witted, but then he does have emotional weaknesses. Yeah. and he can get carried away and stuff. Plus, he's got—he's also got a high pain threshold. He got stabbed a bunch of times. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's, that's a cool idea. I was like, that's—that's when I was lying in bed last. I'm like, oh, I know what I want to do now. Like, yeah. let's get these three. Yeah. Okay, so my
2: number one showdown—it's mm-hmm. a family affair. Oh, it's you. It's very obvious. I don't claim, but it, uh, that it's like anything that no one one else would think of, but it's the one I want to see the most. Mm. The Hound versus The Mountain.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. We definitely want to see that. It's got to be coming.
2: Yeah, uh, it's got to be an absolute doozy when it does come. I think of
1: all the suggested fights, this one actually might come to fruition. Yeah, well, I hope it does. I mean, if
2: if either one of those dies at anyone else's hand, I'll be really disappointed. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, two months, man. Like, we're almost there. Oh my God. Uh, And The Mountain almost did die, remember? He was squirming on the floor and then he crushed buddy's head turned somebody to tomato soup (laughs) he's a real head case (laughs) brilliant Uh, awful puns. yeah Yeah, I want to see that and I think we will see that so that's a good one Um, after I had the the three way fight I'm like you know what we need to do let's just get everyone involved so this is my final one Um, I took inspiration from Freddy vs Jason and I want to see a team up of monsters vs like final survivors and stuff so, on my monster team, you got Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Michael, the Predator, and the alien from Aliens. Yeah. And then our heroes are Ripley, Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street, Laurie from Halloween, Dutch from Predator, Arnie, and uh, Tommy, who's the little boy who kills Jason in number four.
2: Oh, awesome.
1: And maybe, like, they're not pitted against the... Because all of those humans have defeated the, the villains... So maybe it's mixed up, and now they're encountering threats they've never encountered before. Yeah. And then they eventually have to come together as a team to be like, right, we know how to take out the alien, we've got to get it exposed to, like, we've got to get it exposed to not like, we've got to cut the oxygen out, you know, like, we've got to throw him out of the spaceship if they're on a spaceship. Yeah. Like, the Predator uh, is just like, we need the strongest weaponry possible. Like, Freddy, you got to pull out of the dream, and you've got to get, like, the other villains to, like, turn on him because he's weakest when he's in the real world. Um, Jason, like, you are going to drown him and all sorts of stuff, so. Yeah.
2: I think they would have to face those threats individually, though, because that's too much firepower for anyone. For me yeah. humans to take on.
1: Yeah, I think it is. Or maybe it's like, maybe they're locked in kind of like a, like a gladiator arena type thing and they have to take out, take on one at a time or something. Yeah, that'd be awesome, actually. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe like, uh. The Grandmaster from the new Thor movie—he's holding a tournament. What have you brought me? <laughs> <laughs> little Marvel cameo there as well. i mean, get them all to like have a, a free for all or yeah. like take them on one at a time. Like it, Maximus is there as well because he knows how to lead a team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy riding a chariot with so little blades coming up so he can cut people in and half. And yeah. Uh, uh, pulled yeah. by xenomorphs—that'd so be great. Yeah. That's uh, out soon, man. That new alien film. Yeah. We're only like two weeks away, I think. So that is awesome. I keep meaning
2: to like, maybe once I finish uh, studying at the end of this semester, I'll
1: line up every Alien film and just burn through them. You don't need to watch them all. Like, I yeah. um, I got to revisit two because I have been I'm renowned for disliking two, but everyone's like you're crazy. You got to rewatch it. So I know I've got to rewatch it. Three is not good. Yeah. And four I haven't watched, and apparently it's the worst until you get to the Alien vs Predator movies, and they're not good either. So okay but one is great and two I'm going to give it a fair chance I'll give it another go will I rate it higher than Tina rated the original alien we'll have to wait and see <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah I want to do that as well um, but yeah Covenant's out really soon I think it's uh was that the 17th or the 15th or something like it's one of those teen numbers <laughs> not another look. teen movie ah, <laughs> um, uh, oh, the 11th of May that's next week hot dang we got a movie to go review um uh,
2: just out of curiosity how many films are you up to as as yeah i fell
1: behind a little bit this week today is day 123 um and i think i'm at 116 i'll just double check i'm just editing something else on here um my guts are rumbling like crazy however the mic can't pick it up (laughs) Uh, I'm 118 in, so I'm 5 behind
2: Wow, that's still pretty impressive though
1: But I do have a few days off coming up And I've got a couple of mornings off So I'll try and knock a few out So uh, if I I probably won't catch up for a while But if I close the gap a little bit, that'd be yeah. good How many are you at for this year? 22 Nice, that's alright nah,
2: and That's actually pretty good for me Not not because I don't watch movies But mm. it's more because like, TV is more if I was to watch, if I was to list like individual episodes of TV shows, I'd be at hundreds of that. You know oh, yeah, I mean? like,
1: absolutely. Like, we looked, as I said, like, we watched all seven, no, we watched five of the seven seasons of Parks and Rec, and yeah. we'd be watching uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine and the Netflix shows and all sorts of stuff. So, uh, yeah, just this year I've been
2: through like pretty much all the Marvel shows, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I've gone through Seinfeld, um, yeah, we actually
1: we watched Seinfeld as well. I think we watched most of the seasons of Seinfeld the start of the
2: year as well. so... It's really funny, <laughs> randomly in about season three, for a few episodes, the Seinfeld theme song has like lyrics, like a, yeah, a, the, a jazzy, ooh. yeah, It's <laughs> just like, yeah. where did that come from?
1: Yeah, it's so weird, it like gets us every time, I'm like, oh that's weird, because yeah. we always forget about it. Yeah, um, That's a great show though. Um, I think that's going to do it, we don't have yeah. a quiz this
2: week, do we? No, it's just us, and just I'm, us? I'm ill.
1: Yeah, licensed to ill. Licensed to ill, I'm the illest <laughs> there is um yeah i've had some pretty long days so and we started late as well i think it's you know what that's pretty respectable it's not even 20 past nine yet. that's pretty good for us yeah uh that's gonna do it for this week's episode of pass the remote it was a little bit shorter but we've got to finally review and score guardians, guardians. so was good
2: hopefully the review was uh useful to people
1: yeah i'm trying to think what we if there's anything out between now and next episode so I want to try and get to the movies again, I want to watch, review something new. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll try and watch Moonlight, so I can review that on the yeah,
2: show. I'll definitely... I've got a few new movies banked, which I'll get a chance to watch mm. over the weekend, because I have the weekend off, so nice. I should have something to review.
1: Yeah, I want to see um, Colossal, but I don't know it. it's only like showing at the Nova, so... Um, I think Get Out is out soon as well. So, um, that's on iTunes? I think so. Nice. Um, cool. Well, that's going to do it for Passing Remote, as I said. Uh... I'm James Chalmers. This has been Nick Owen. Has been. Will be next week. Not a has been, always a is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what that means. Uh, We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.